Welcome to the Nibble Scotland Over Coffee podcast, where my aim is to get out of my comfort zone and meet our local food champions around Scotland. People whose passion for delivering the finest produce is our game. Often, these heroes are located by word of mouth or via social media, as is the case with this week's guest, Jane Brand, from the Brand Family Farm in East Lothian. The Brand Family is part of a new generation of young farmers that are captivating me in social media. But for a while, I've been watching from afar as they pose tempting pictures, a vibrant lifestyle to hosting Michelin star chefs like Tom Kitchen down on the farm and even expanding into the holiday accommodation market. So Jane, as the fourth generation of brand farmers, please, can you paint a picture of the farm for your listeners? Thank you, Jane. Yes, um, Brand Family started um, at East Fortune way back 1931 was when grandfather Brand um, came into East Fortune. Um, that was at the old farm steading, um, rented steading off the health board. Um, that's where my father-in-law grew up. Um, all the family were here. Um, late kind of 1995, we came out of the old steading. Um, due to the sale of the old hospital and the old steading East Fortune for housing and we started to develop what is now East Fortune Farm. Mm-hmm. At that time we were basically just a small eight acre farm, just arable, barley, then rented out every kind of four years for potatoes. Grant worked elsewhere, um, so did my father-in-law, he contracted to Brownrig, which is a local potato okay. um, farm. I had just finished my university business degree and Grant and I were getting married and my father, John, suggested to us one afternoon out for a walk around the farm that we should maybe think about opening up a small um, caravan club certified location, CL for short. We're both like, what is that? <laughs> Don't know what you're talking about. So yeah, we did a little bit of intro, research into it all, and that was in 2002, we opened up our first caravan site, with great success, really good. Um, obviously I had to kind of break the kind of thing with my father-in-law that there was going to be public walking around the farm, yeah. and how did he feel about that, and he embraced it really well, he loves it now when they're chatting and asking him questions, and he's telling them all the history of the farm. In 2010, we then expanded the caravan site business to open up Station Park, which is another private touring site, Um, slightly bigger, um, but licensed by ourselves through East Lothian Council. Um, They were delighted with the planning application we put in for that, so that went through really quickly, and Grant and I are like, we're going to have to do this now. So, yep, that's been growing arms and legs. We've also got the holiday flat down in North Berwick, um, which keeps, keeps ticking over nicely. Um, and as a nice little escape place for Grant and I sometimes, <laughs> if we want to. We're not far away, but we feel far we feel far away. Um, so it's really nice. And that belonged to my mum and dad, and I would never give that up. So yeah, that was kind of 2010. At the same time, we had the new sheds here that were built. And Grant and his dad decided, you know, it's maybe about time to bring livestock back into the farm. We chose um, the Hampshire Down breed to go back into. Um, what made what made the decision for that breed? Dick and Grant chose Hampshire Downs, easy lambing. Okay. They didn't want because they both worked elsewhere. They didn't want you know difficult, difficult lambings. Dick had obviously a lot of sheep background, so he knew what breeds he didn't want. Okay. Um, again, they wanted to choose native a native breed mm-hmm. to Britain. So yeah, we went with the Hampshire Downs. Really nice society, nice friendly people as well. 
it's just grown arms and legs, the, uh-huh. the, the Hampshire Down flock. So Grant's been very successful in his breeding. I think um, you've won some awards recently with that. Yes, with the Hampshire Down Society itself, he's won um, Best Flock of the Year a couple of times, um, Best Scottish Flock. Um, the the Hampshire Downs um, have obviously their terminal sires, so they're really good for breeding. So he sells semen mm-hmm. um, to Holland as well, um, Ireland, different places. So... Yeah, the Hampshire Downs were really good for us getting into them. But we kept the flock small and quite neat, uh-huh. you know, so manageable for Grant and his dad. Then we started doing a little bit more showing, okay. um, building up Stirling Agricultural Show, um, our local Haddington Show, and then we started to pluck up the courage to take on the Royal Highland Show, which... <laughs> a as big a, step. Yeah, <laughs> it's a big step, and it's a bit daunting, and yeah. you're like, it's a whole week up there you know the whole family goes up the two caravans go up but again it's brilliant because you feel like as an exhibitor you behind the scenes you see it all Uh what what you don't see when you're walking around as a general public and um, the family we did that for three four years loved it but it is a lot of work preparing the sheep for the showing and grant takes a full team of 10 so say 25 sheep get chosen from the fields Uh brought in all washed down, trimmed, combed, dried, <laughs> and then 10 out of that 20 odd will get chosen. Gosh. The best of the best will get chosen to go up to the Highland and the rest just go back into the field uh-huh. and beautifully clean. <laughs> you know, and it's like, oh, there's a lot of work there just disappearing back into the mud. So, yeah, it's a lot of work. But with, you know, great accomplishment at the end of it. I mean, Grant won the Highland Show um a couple of years in a row and then he won interbreed champion for the whole show for the sheep which was amazing that's uh-huh. a lifetime experience yeah. that i'll never forget my father-in-law dick and grant's face when they won the interbreeds with the pairs um it was just like dick was astonished you really? know he never ever thought that would ever be an accolade on his shelf wow you know so he um he got such a buzz out of that uh-huh. um and it was all about the family as well i mean my youngest now robert my eight-year-old absolutely he's got the drive for showing the sheep he loves it wonderful the pigs the pig side of the business um that's always kind of been in grant's blood a little bit when he left school in 94 he was um working at stone laws farm near Mm -hmm. whitekirk and eventually ended up managing the pig farm there which was 600 outdoor sow unit um there was a an old lady that lived in the cottages here at East Fortune as well and she always used to say to Grant, she was known as Granny Mac, but she's not a relation. She uh, said, I do you know, one day Grant, I'd love to see pigs on that field just outside my yeah. living room window. And it was always a bit of a family joke, never happened, never happened. And then we got a phone call one day from a, a, another local farmer saying, you know, I'm selling some saddlebacks, would you like them? Before we know it, we've got <laughs> pigs in the field. <laughs> From the window looking up, you know, and now we're weaning nearly 200 pure saddlebacks or saddleback Hampshire crosses every every year. So, yeah, it's That's grown amazing. it's grown arms and legs very quickly. Yeah. I mean... Because when did you put the saddlebacks into the field? When did they join? That would probably be about two and a half years ago. Okay, so you've really uh, so grown not, a reputation uh-huh, not, very quickly. Uh-huh, yeah, and again, that comes down to, you know, Grant's husbandry for animals is mm. amazing, you mm. know. Um, he's obviously had a very good teacher from his dad, yeah. you know, and he's constantly learning from his dad still every day. And how old is his dad now? So Dick's 74. 74. 74 and still working every day on the farm, seven days a week, along with Grant. 
Um, and Grant still Grant has a full time job as well for a local company, Fourth Resource Management. Wow. So he works um, for them, and we're very lucky that it, Fourth um, Fourth Resource Management are accommodating of Grant having to come back here and have responsibilities that he needs to meet here. Yeah, because when um, the lambing comes, yeah, it's going to get... exactly. It is, it's very, very kind of the pressure's on Grant to uh-huh. be able to cope, yeah. you know? So, yeah, and as our business grows, it's got more tricky, but yeah, we're working it as a family at the uh-huh. moment. So the joys of, you've got the balance of the lambs and the, the winter lambing's about to start and the saddlebacks are going and you've got the accommodation. How do you, when do you come up for breath? <laughs> <laughs> um, sometimes February... Sometimes in February are a good week. We 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 take the kids away for a week in uh-huh. February and head away on holiday with friends. Um, if we can grab any time in May, we can. But the caravan sites kind of get busy in May, and now that we also have the farm shop, um, May is becoming a lot more busy. So it's a bit tricky. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we always promise ourselves our October holidays with the kids, the mm-hmm. school holidays. So we've just had a fabulous week down in York uh-huh. uh, with our caravan. Mm-hmm. Um, that we've not used for a year because we've not managed to get away. Yeah, you know, and the week went too quickly. And, and the th- idea of having the caravan was to make those quick moments you just go when yeah, you want to. Yeah, so. yeah. <laughs> and nice. we loved it. You know, the first few days is great. Second or third day, it's like, why are we in this little box? You know, uh-huh. we've come for come from a house. They were in a little box. Yeah. Fourth day, caravan's getting sold. You know, but by the end of the week, it's like, oh, when are we going away again? Yeah, you know, that's the dream. That's the best holidays. We uh-huh. have that. Oh, exactly. Already planning the next one as soon as we come that's back. Now, so yeah, February and October are our getaway. The reputation for the saddlebacks has grown quite significantly, and I've seen the local chefs have coming mm-hmm. and getting yeah. involved. What's yep. been the feedback from them? The the flavour of the pork. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, we've been told that they're absolutely gobsmacked how outstanding. The, the quality of the pork is and the flavour. Um, the saddlebacks obviously very renowned for its lovely layer of fat okay. um, that comes with the meat. So and that just adds to the flavour. Okay. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, we're getting tremendous feedback from and the chefs. Is that going all around Edinburgh or further afield? Um, that's where we're trying to grow the business. You okay. know, sales are not our forty. Mm-hmm. You know, so having the confidence to pick up the phone and make these calls to chefs who are very busy as well, and it's like, what time do you phone them? You don't phone them at lunchtime, <laughs> you know. And trying to obviously introduce us as a new product um, is always quite difficult to. Because they've got their current suppliers that they've used before, so trying to get in the door can be quite difficult. But yeah. Tom and I, Tom and Tom Kitchen and I went to school together. Okay. So that's probably a little bit of a kind of easier one. Why I got in there, I kind of pushed it a little bit more. And it's worked. Oh, he's he's been amazing, amazing towards us and really helped us grow as well and have the confidence mm-hmm. um, to know that we are rearing a product that people want. Mm-hmm. you know which has been really good because it is it's seven days hard work and some days you think why are we doing this you know but then all of a sudden you'll get a social media post that pops up with tom basically saying absolutely incredible uh-huh. produce but you've as, as a young farmers i sort of see you quite at leading edge in terms of social media and everything mm-hmm. how have you found that social media you know when we started the caravan site of the shop maybe a couple of years ago, you know, yes, you were on Facebook, but I was never really an Instagram follower or anything like that. Certainly not Twitter. Um, and that's really something in the last 
18 months we've really had to quickly learn about to the point we have to we had to admit actually I can't do this on my own either mm -hmm. so um, we brought in a, a girl called Jennifer Jen Rutherford she came recommended from another friend um, a lot of kind of bar, um, marketing business development background social media content everything and Jen has just helped me as a really big sounding board to take what I've got up here uh -huh. which doesn't stop 24 hours at night you know when you're trying to sleep and your brain is just ticking over uh -huh. um, she's helped me take those ideas put them down on paper and make an action plan for them plan our social media on a weekly basis and also learn from what we've put out that didn't really get good ratings and what has gone out that's been really good and learn from those mm -hmm. and start really communicating with our followers on Instagram and so and Facebook and Twitter. It's it can eat you up. <laughs> it will eat it you is, up. Yeah. It is it's it's all the time, you know. You come into the house and you're trying to tell the kids not to go on the phone or not onto the computer <laughs> not and you're you're there going, I've just got this work thing I need to do. It's always I need work. To, it's I always need, work. Uh -huh, you know, I need to reply to this and they're like, Come on mum, you don't ask to get off the phone. <laughs> You know, so yeah, there's got to be a balance between it. So, so your growth of the social media would have involved at about the time when you opened the shop. Would yes, that be right. Yeah, June okay. June last year, June 2018, when we opened the shop. And how's that been received and within the local community? You're meeting your neighbours again. Yes, that's one thing I have really loved actually about opening the shop is meeting our neighbours. I do laugh. I've said often a time if I put a cardboard cutout of my father-in-law and mother-in-law outside the shop, I think I'd have just a queue of cards going in. People would say, "Oh, nice to see you, Dick. Not seen you for so long." Uh -huh. You know, yeah, it's become a bit of a kind of hub for just getting that connection back again. I think know? that's so key in so many communities because uh -huh. now obviously, like churches and things are all going away, and people are now more isolated as communities to mm -hmm. have a hub where you can actually come and you hear the local news or you speak to the people yeah yeah we've even i mean i've even got people who there's a lovely lady she just lives about three or four miles away and every sunday after church she drives her little smart car right up to the shop door practically because she obviously suffers um with arthritis and that she can't get out of the car very quickly and it's just like I, I don't even i know she's there and i know what she wants and i go out with her half a dozen eggs for her and we nice. have a little chat uh -huh. you know and it's just lovely meeting these people that yeah. are on our doorstep mm -hmm. you know and if it wasn't for the farm and our plan for growth and trying to look after the farm like caretakers you know and meet these people mm -hmm. that just wouldn't happen managing the shop on a daily basis and competing with the supermarkets i think that the care and attention that you put into the animals and the husbandry that you do does set you apart we've tried to make the farmyard as neat and tidy and as welcoming as we possibly can um to encourage people to come in because we have found you know we often get people who just drive in sit in their cars, have a look, and then drive out again. And it's like, there's a kind of like, why are they not coming in to see us? You know, we're not going to bite. Yeah. You know, we're just, it's our own produce in the shop. Yes, there is. There's pork, there's lamb, all different cuts. But there's loads of other amazing East Lothian produce, mm -hmm. you know, from candles to cakes, you know, to patties, to salts. There's loads of stuff, but there's no hard sell. It's please come in, chat to us. You know, are you maybe thinking about having a family dinner in a month's time and you want to just pick my brains about what could you have, what cuts would you use, how do you cook this? I mean, that's another thing I get asked a lot. It's like, how do I cook this? Yes. Like, there's, there's no cooking instructions. It's like, well, 
there's no cooking instructions when you buy it from the butcher, <laughs> but yeah, I will quite happily give you a suggestion on how I cook it. Uh-huh. You know, I find I find roasts quite easily to cook, but then yeah. I've got best friends that will just ruin a roast because they haven't got a clue what to do with it. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, it's um, the shop's quite small inside, and I do wonder sometimes if that puts people off coming in. But, but it, I noticed you had the bread from Dunbar, Dunbar Bakery, yeah. yeah, Community Bakery. My father-in-law calls the shop a little TARDIS. It is. Because it's just <laughs> full, it's absolutely full of stuff. And that's probably what Pauline is doing just now while we speak. She's yeah. trying to make space for more Christmas stuff coming in that I keep buying. And she's like, where am I putting this all? I did spot the candy canes in the corner. <laughs> <laughs> it's like they were new this morning. <laughs> So yeah, there's there's stuff for everybody. Yeah, and you I know? I think take take the time out and go mm-hmm. and speak to the producers yeah. and the owners. Yeah, and I mean even get the idea. It I, might not be this time, the first time you buy it, but you'll think of it for the next time yeah, you come around. Yeah. I mean we have vegetarians coming in as well because they just love our eggs. Uh-huh. You know we've got we've got about a brood of about 150 hens, uh-huh. and our eggs are very popular. I mean we're the last two or three weeks we've been down a lot on our numbers because of the change in daylight which has affected the hens. So yeah, we've had customers coming in going, Oh no, where's the trays of eggs? We've only got boxes. But you know, they're coming in because they love love the eggs. They're all outdoor, running about and uh, yeah, so there is. There's something for everyone in the shop. So what's been the challenges from the last few years where you've done quite a lot of diversification um, well the challenges the challenges and the diversifications are obviously with being quite a small farm and time scale you know doing everything yourself um financially as well mm-hmm. you know we're not the ones that go for all the grants we were very lucky to we got a grant last year to help build just a percentage of mm-hmm. the new lambing shed challenges are probably growing that you know and having any downtime for the family mm-hmm. it's constant and livestock is like that it is a lifestyle but at the same time there's the mental health aspect of it and you either have to be happy doing it love it get encouragement out of it um, and give yourself a, a future that you want to keep going yeah. you know and I think by opening up the shop, and yeah, opening up yourself to the general public, there is some people that will say, oh, they're too expensive, we don't want to go there. But then there is a lot of people that are giving us so much encouragement, which pushes, especially Grant, to continue on. I think as, well, in terms of price, I think as people perhaps eat less meat, they're more prepared to pay a little bit more for something that they know the story of. Yeah, yeah. and, and know exactly key. where it's come from. Yeah. I mean, when you go into a restaurant, everyone's very very you know spend time choosing their wine on their menu you know yeah. what wine they want to drink you know do the same with your meat yeah you know know exactly where it's come from uh-huh. ask ask the chefs don't be don't be shy to actually say you've got pork or lamb on your menu yeah you know ask them what farm does that come from mm-hmm. you know we know that you have a pork producer on your doorstep are you using them yeah you of know course it get, get, keep the miles low uh, uh-huh. to the local community yeah I think that's exactly key. opening the shop you found quite an interesting hut. What was the what was the story behind that? <laughs> the the shop wasn't meant to be a shop to start with. The shop was meant to be a very small toilet block for the caravan site for Station Park. Um, but again, we kind of looked at what our customers at that time wanted, and where we were in the family with regards to the pork um, and the lamb, and how we were selling that to customers. Everybody buys with their eyes, mm-hmm. so we knew we had to display it better. 
Um, and then we had to face facts actually on top of a young family, the farm, the caravan site. How on earth are we going to fit into the day of actually dealing with a toilet block, yeah. you know? But then we've obviously just decided to fill that gap <laughs> of dealing with opening a shop every day. Yeah. Which, I mean, the shop is seven days a week. Okay. Nine till five until after Christmas. And then for the kind of the later winter months, it'll be kind of ten till four or something. But at the moment, it's full on. I would hate for somebody to make the effort to come all the way out to East Fortune to a closed door. You I know? saw like, even last week you had a quick notice like we were shutting early on mm-hmm. the social media, which I think was great. Yeah, and we only shut for the hours that we really needed to. Mm-hmm. I mean, we pushed it. We were going to the awards at the Chambers that night, last Wednesday, and I was in the shop at, say, three o'clock, and the taxi was coming at four. <laughs> you know, a quick turnaround. <laughs> uh-huh. You know, but I just, I couldn't have thought of anything worse that, you know, shutting the shop and then people are driving in and they're seeing a closed sign because it's not like walking down the high no. street, you know. You're coming out to East Fortune to come and visit us, uh-huh. you know, and to arrive and the door be shut is just annoying. So you were at an awards last week. Was there a big old prize last week? Yes, yes. Um, we were lucky enough to be nominated um, to um, the Mid and East Lothian Business Chamber Awards uh, for Best Family of the Year. Brilliant night, brilliant uh-huh. night. We decided when we got the notification in that we'd been selected as a finalist to take the whole family. Lovely. So we booked a whole table. The first kind of hour was a bit of networking, which uh-huh. was really nice as well, and gave Grant an opportunity to speak to a couple of companies about energy resources and that sort of stuff that day-to-day running, he doesn't get time, no. you know? But he knows there's development areas he needs to look at, so he grabbed a few opportunities to speak to some people. And then we had a lovely meal, and, yeah, we were... Delighted to when okay. Grant got well, the four finalists got taken up onto the stage, and then Grant got announced. The Brand family got announced as the winner. Wonderful. So yeah, best family business of the year. So yeah, delighted. But you often know? people undervalue like award shows and networking events for that chance time out of their calendar. Mm-hmm. But really, as you, as you mentioned, just meeting people within the industry yep. and exchanging ideas is key to yep. future growth mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. getting best practice. And fingers crossed, you know, winning accolades like that, it will increase the footfall mm-hmm. in the shop and at the farm in the long term. Yeah. Making, I mean, we've got to remember, we're only a small business that opened the shop a year past in June. So we need to keep that in the back of our heads that, you know, we're not 10 years old, we've still got a lot of way to climb, you know? So thinking forward into to round up, what's the vision for the next five years? Somebody came into the shop yesterday and asked where the cafe was. <laughs> I was like, the, the, further, along, further along the road. But at which point my auntie was standing in the shop and she said, you know, is that not a bad idea? And I was like, oh, honestly, I put Grant in an early grave at the moment. <laughs> But yeah, the the our future definitely in the next few years is to get our get our produce out there more. Really, really connect with some fabulous chefs, restaurants, you know, that appreciate the meat and um, grow that side of the business. Obviously, the caravan site we'd love to keep growing that. We are thinking now, um, maybe a small toilet block is still a, an added benefit that could do. Or it could be the cafe. Well, you never know. Yeah, exactly. By the shed. Uh, yeah. Make sure that every aspect of our business is working to the best it can yeah. be before we add something else on. Yeah. You know? Well, I think you should take time and just congratulate yourself on what you have achieved 
mm-hmm. the prizes you've received as accolades of that goes from hard work and dedication to it. Yeah. So I congratulate you. Thank you. <laughs> Thank, Thank you, you for Jim. your time. Thank you, Jim. <laughs>